Hi friends, I'm especially excited about this week's episode because we explore why I decided to start the She Love podcast. Here's a sneak peek. We don't just have like Oprah Winfrey to learn from, though I love her. She has a great podcast too, shout out. Like those aren't just the only women we get to learn from. The only women we learn from aren't just our moms. Like it's not just um, celebrities, it's it's our friends. It's our friends' friends. It's their stories. It's the normal day-to-day of women and the struggles we go through and the moments where we're vulnerable and the love that we feel, the love we don't feel, the doubts that we have. Those to me hold so much magic and so much power and it normalizes our experiences. Yeah, when we are feeling like shit, when we feel like we doubt ourselves, when we have these really daunting questions and when you can connect with someone else that's feeling similarly or they've been through it and they can share some wisdom with you or they can just be there to listen to you. It's so healing. And so this platform is for me. It's for guests who come on the show and can just pour out whatever they need to pour out. And then it's for listeners to connect with all of those magical moments. In this episode, we'll talk about my story on risk-taking, on failures, on learning to love myself. And I'm really excited to share with you. My best friend Vilmaris is going to interview me and I hope you all enjoy it. I'm excited to get to know more of you and excited for you to get to know a little bit more about me. Hola, hola, friends. Welcome to episode five of the She Love podcast. I'm so excited to be back with y'all. I'm not going to lie. I took a little hiatus. There's this thing called COVID-19 that has taken over the world. And I'm going to be real. I was anxious, stressed, sleeping a lot, and I gave myself a lot of space. And so I'm really excited to be back with y'all this week. And hopefully we'll be back every week. I'm feeling energized. You know, we're going to be cooped up in our houses a little while longer, but at least we know what we're getting ourselves into. So I feel more grounded this week. I'm really excited about this episode because I'm here with one of my best friends, one of my sisters, Vilmaris Gonzalez. Uh, You might remember her from one of our earlier episodes. And she's actually going to interview me today. I recorded, real talk, I recorded an episode of myself introducing myself to uh, to the show. I wanted to do it, tell y'all a little bit about my story, because y'all know I love stories and storytelling and all that we get to learn from each other. Um, I believe it's truly magical, but it just wasn't feeling right. The flow was off. I was really feeling nervous and anxious and, and just wasn't excited about what I had to share by myself. So Vilmaris being the uh, badass that she is offered to interview me. So here we are and I'm gonna let Vilmaris take it from here. So anyway, so happy to be with y'all. Excited about this episode. Hope that you are washing your hands for the full 20 seconds. Doing, yes, doing some self-care, finding some love and some light because you know what? There's a lot of darkness in the world right now and we got to seek out the light. We got to figure out a way to get ourselves through this. And there's a lot of beauty still left in the world. So excited to share some of that light with y'all today. What's up, Vilmaris? Hey, hey, y'all. Hey. Uh, thanks, Sada, for letting me do this. Um, I'm so excited for this episode. I'm excited to see where we land, what we talk about today, um, because I think that you've done an incredible job so far, so far in the last four episodes of interviewing a spectrum of women and listening to their stories, having them share their stories, um, you know, 
who they are and what risks they're taking. And I've just really loved sort of this concept and framing of risk taking. And I think in so many ways, you yourself are one of the biggest risk takers I know that walks this earth. And as much as you are allowing us to share our stories on this platform, I think it's great that now the listeners get to hear from you directly. So are you ready to get started? I'm so ready. Gracias. Also, um, so we are in accordance with social distancing laws and six foot rules. Um, Vilmaris and I are doing a virtual interview, so the sound will be a little bit different, but we do it for y'all. <laughs> right. So bear with us. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I mean, I think just to get started, um, you know, I think we want to know, like, who are you, Sara del Castillo? Like, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you identify. Um, and once you do all that, I think the second big question I have for you is why she loves. Like, yes, I care about stories, too. I know that you do. But, like, what's the, the big, big why? And, like, why this virtual, this digital space is needed right now more than ever? Yes. Oh, love that question. I feel like every morning I wake up, I'm answering the question, who am I? Who do I choose to be? Who do I want to pour into today? What do I want to manifest, put energy into? But, you know, without complicating it, I will say words that, that come to mind that are super important to me are really tied to place. Um, so Mississippi is where I grew up. It's in the deep south. I have so much love for Mississippi, which is ironic because as a kid, I grew up resenting it so much. I felt like such a black sheep. Um, I definitely identify as someone um, who is a social justice warrior, but as a kid, wasn't really taught the history always of the incredible people from Mississippi who walked before me and felt like you know, there was so much xenophobia, there was so much racism, there's so much oppression and poverty, and there's a lot of darkness in Mississippi. And that was what I was taught to see. And as I got older, I started realizing that Mississippi is this beautiful, resilient, colorful, rich place. And I'm so proud to be from there. And I'm so proud to be connected to stories of of leaders like Fannie Lou Hamer and people who really shifted the history of this country. Um, and so I really stand in that. And I also stand in the history of my father, who's from Peru. Um, also, my mom is from Mississippi. Shout out to my mom. Um, and and my father, who's from Peru, also from Bolivia. Complicated story. We can talk about it another time. But um, and this the beauty of my Inca ancestors and my father's incredible, beautiful family um, who immigrated themselves from Bolivia to Peru and back and then immigrated to the United States and were risk takers and entrepreneurs and have so much wisdom and, and really raised me with so much love um, and so many stories, which is probably why I gravitate so much towards knowing other people's stories, because stories are really what liberated me and helped me get to know who I was in a world that felt so confusing as a kid. So I am multicultural, uh, biracial, and bisexual, and a lot of things that are just, you know, kind of in between. And and always felt, um, also grew up in a school that was very segregated. I grew up in Jackson Public School System. Shout out to JPS. And um, 
was in a school system that had experienced white flight. Um, you know, I walked with metal detectors into school every day. Drug dogs frequented. The ambulance was often there because there were fights. But then there were also the most incredible teachers and the most incredible classmates who I remember we would have like rap battles on the bus on the way to school and, you know, just pick an object and start singing about it or rapping about it. And some of my friends from there have gone on to do incredible things. Like one of my friends, Candace Coleman, is now the weather or a reporter, excuse me, a reporter for this new station um, in Jackson and will do amazing things. I know people who've played in symphonies, people who've gone to Juilliard, like, you know, out of little old Jackson, my friends, my people, my, you know, mi gente have gone on to do incredible things in this world. So I would say, yeah, who I am is so tied to my people. It's so tied to um, this almost in-between of, of feeling a lot of my life like I never fit in one world, but but got to kind of fit in a lot of different places. And I thought that that was a really lonely place for a long time. But as an adult, I realized it's kind of a superpower and it's a gift. And it's been such a beautiful journey to get to meet so many different people and to have a lot of different people trust me with their stories and to have late night talks or discussions, sipping mate or tea or coffee or beer, whatever it is, and just learning from my elders or learning from friends of mine who have just lived a lot of life and seen a lot of places. Um, and now I would just identify myself as someone who is really trying to every morning I wake up, fall in love with myself and learn how to trust myself and tune out some of the noise and reprogram myself. Though I was raised in with a lot of love and a lot of care, I think there were a lot of harmful messages too of perfectionism and this is what you need to do to survive. And I don't want to survive anymore. I want to stop coming and thinking from just a place of fear and think from a place of beauty and alignment and who I am and purpose and why am I here. And it's a very difficult thing to do, I would say, but it's such a gift, such a privilege and an exciting place to be in right now. Um, so yeah, that's a really long-winded answer for who am I? Um, I mean, you're so many things, you know, like, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, you're such a dynamic person. So Thank you. One of the most dynamic people I think I've like ever encountered and have befriended. So, oh, gracias, boo. Um, I, I feel the same way about you. I know I had another question for you, but I, I, I feel like I want to dig deeper right here for a second. Um, you talked about like waking up every day and falling in love with yourself, um, and how there were other messages like being transmitted to you, like in your upbringing, and now it's sort of like almost like a piece of unlearning in order to learn how to fall in love with yourself. Almost like that's yes. what it kind of sounds like. How, how do you do that? And like, how, how can we do that or, or incorporate that into like our own practice of loving ourselves? Yes. So, um, well, very concretely, cause there's a lot of abstract I could go into, but concretely, I think it takes it's taken me a lot of time. So I think consistency is really important and not feeling like I have a destination like, or, or feeling falsely that I have to love myself. Like, oh, I love myself today when I'm not actually feeling that way. I think a part of loving myself is accepting that there are all these different pieces of me, like the piece in the morning that doesn't want to get out of bed and rolls out with crazy hair and pops earrings 
and a blazer on real quick to make it seem like I got my shit together on the Zoom call I got coming up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like That's some real talk amidst COVID-19. That's like so real. <laughs> right. Like not wearing pants, right? Or like not yet brushed my teeth, but... <laughs> my knees, okay? The other yes. day. Not a bra either. Put a little sweater on a headband. Yes. Little baby hoops and act like, yes, hello. <laughs> You know, yes, love Zoom. Um, So yeah, and I would say concretely, it's over time, I've developed what I call a self-love, self-care menu. So I've collected things over the years that make me feel really good. And that list changes, I will say that. So right now on that list, I have things like make green tea. Like I love my tea. Um, Sometimes meditation is on there. Sometimes meditation is not on there because that shit's really hard and sometimes I'm just not feeling it. But sometimes it's great and it's exactly what I need and what I want. Um, Yoga's on there. Um, Art, dance is on there. Writing notes to my loved ones is on there. So I just have this really extensive list, which I will share in another episode. Shameless plug. Um, of, of this menu that's really personalized to me that I can, because I feel like sometimes when you feel self-doubt or frustration or stress, anxiety, that kind of takes over completely. Like it's all that you can think about. It's taking over your whole being. And I don't know about y'all, but those are the moments when I do things that actually don't energize me, but they're super easy. Like, right, like go through my newsfeed on Instagram, right? Because it doesn't really require much and it helps me avoid my feelings or so I think. And then I end up feeling terrible and I wasted all this time. But I will say in those moments, I also just have to say, okay, so that's what you did. We can't change the past. So what good does it do to judge it, right? I think a lot of loving myself and choosing to love myself and accept myself means literally accepting every piece of me because I can't change what I just did. You know what I mean? So for when I'm feeling anxious, for example, I've been needing a lot of sleep lately. And I've been feel there are times when I feel guilty about it. I'm like, why do I have to sleep so much? And I'm not hustling hard enough. And oh my gosh, like what a privilege to sleep so much. Like some of my family members don't have that privilege. And right. And then I start spiraling when in reality, now I've spent all this time spiraling. Now I've spent all this time judging myself when I could have just said, I just slept nine hours, period. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Or I could flip that shit on its head and say, I just slept nine hours you know what? I'm going to celebrate myself. I am so grateful that I gave myself space to rest. I'm so grateful and I celebrate that I have the space to sleep nine hours and that my parents worked really hard for me to have this gift and this privilege. I'm so great, right? Like start replacing judgment, like negative judgments with gratitude and, and celebrate little things about yourself. I think Sometimes we think that self-love has to be this huge thing. Any love, honestly, has to be this big, huge, right? Like, right, like Leonardo DiCaprio, Titanic type of thing. No, like real love is noticing the small things on a consistent basis. Like, man, I just brushed my teeth this morning. I love myself. Like, I took care of myself, right? Um, I... I did get out of bed. Yay. <laughs> like, and it can be big stuff too. Like, I got out of a toxic relationship. Like, hell yeah, I'm amazing. You know, I just think we have to notice the little things every single day. That's kind of how I feel about Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people just wait to show love on Valentine's Day. 
And I love Valentine's Day, but that's some shit if that's the only day that you're showing up for your loved ones. You know what I mean? But every single day, if you wake up and you do an act of love, even if it's the smallest one, to me, that builds a life and a relationship of loving yourself way more than these big, huge, sweeping acts, right? So, yeah. And I would also say just one last thing. Movement is medicine. Whatever type of movement it is, it really is medicine, especially for me. Um, And so I just try to recognize patterns. Like I know when my body hasn't been moving and I can associate that with feelings of judgment, anxiety. Um, And when I move, and when I say move, like I'm not saying you have to go on a three mile run. I just mean literally like I put on my favorite music in my room and just start letting my body do whatever it needs and wants to do at that time without judgment, without like feeling like I need to burn calories. Like, no, I'm just moving to let my body move. And that's that. I second that as, as a practice for sure. I think, you know, with all of this going on, that is something that has helped me. Um, I've also learned as much as I love dancing, following videos to dance because I've been out of my game of dancing, Mm -hmm. like as far as like on a team or like following choreography has been challenging, but also in a good way. Because it's like, all right, well, how do I do this again? Right. But I think just you actually said this expression the other day because Sada and I signed up actually for this uh, like Instagram dance class. Yes. Y'all, I struggled so hard, (laughs) and then we called each other after, like, cracking up, because we were like, damn, that shit was really hard. That shit was so hard. I thought we were going to look so fire. (laughs) I was like, Vilmaris, let's do an Instagram video together. Like, we're going to look so good. And then we were both like, uh. So, you know, you were just thinking, like, you were about to be like, uh, 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 yeah. And, like, she looked that way, but let me tell you, like, I definitely did not. Um, Me either. But we talked right after, and you actually said this, which I love this saying now, just like dancing without expectation, Mm -hmm. like turn on that music, twirl around your living room, do some interpretive shit. Like I agree too that like movement is medicine. So whether that is going on that walk in the morning or in the evening or twirling, or if it is really working out, whatever is your cup of tea, literally, um, I agree, especially like with all of this going on and our movement feels so restricted yeah. in all sorts of ways. So how can you? Yeah, I love that. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And girl, we got to we gotta finish that routine one day. <laughs> I still got my login, but uh, I have not revisited it. I won't even lie. Let's just break the rules and whatever moves we got, let's do those. And then whatever ones we don't, we can make something else up. <laughs> Yeah, there were some of them. I was like, ooh, my hips are stiff right now. <laughs> like, gotta work on that. Also, shout out JoJo Gomez. You're an amazing dancer. Incredible dancer. Oh, my God. Incredible energy, too. She was great. It was It was just me. Yeah. I'd <laughs> rather just, like, watch her dance. Uh, right? No, I literally stopped a few times. Um, I know I asked, like, a second question when we started, but if it's okay, I kind of want to we're going to answer that question. I feel like I do, like, I want to know, and I know that people are, that are tuning in, whether it's their first time they're tuning in, or it's because they've been following you and they can't wait for this fifth episode to drop. Like, obviously we want to know like why we want to know why the She Love podcast, but I actually like want to, I want to say answer that in a minute. I feel like I want to keep digging into you. Okay. I feel like it builds up to the why, um, in my mind, at least. Um, and you talked about, you know, when you were sharing about yourself, you were talking about your ancestors and how 
your ancestors were risk takers, right? Even just thinking about their migratory patterns from Peru to Bolivia and back and then taking the leap and moving to the United States and all the risks that are involved in that. Um, and I know that for part of your why for this podcast is, you know, what, like, how are women taking risks? What are those risks? And like, why? Right. So, you know, for you in your life, like how, how have you taken risks and trusted yourself to make those risks? And can you share some examples from your story and like from your own life story and like where you find the strength to do that? Yeah. Oh, thank you. I love that question. And y'all, I love risks. Um, they can be again, big or small. And so I want to go all the way back to our, the one of the first risks I remember taking that I think changed my life. So my mother is a United Methodist pastor, and she's also one of the only Spanish-speaking pastors in Mississippi. Um, shout out, Mama. She is a trailblazer, and she took risks all the time. She was like one of the first and only female pastors ever in Mississippi. Um, and she, after Katrina hit, I was like eighth or ninth grade, and she decided to take a huge risk and pick up our our lives. My, you know, I had lived basically my whole life till fourteen, uh, almost fifteen, in Jackson, Mississippi. I knew everybody. I knew that whole city. Um, and she moved us to the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, where Katrina had just decimated everything. I remember going to my school. We were just driving by. Um, I hadn't started yet, and it looked like a war zone, Vilmaris, like. The buildings were gone. There's just rubble everywhere. And I remember crying and just saying, and this is so messed up, but I said to her, in Jackson, I'm somebody. Here, I'm going to be nobody. And I feel so bad for my mom because I think in that moment, I saw tears well up in her eyes because she was doubting this like risk that she was taking, but she just knew with so much conviction that this is what she needed to do. Um and I'm so glad she did. And I remember I moved twice in one year. So we moved to Biloxi and then we moved to Ocean Springs. Like I just had a super difficult freshman year of high school. And I remember the second school I went to um, was so funny. So I remember going to that school and being like, oh, my God, I've never been in school with this many white kids in my life. It was hilarious because I'm half white. And I was like, but, you know, I had not. That was so foreign to me. I had not. I just culturally, it was so different for me. My school in Jackson was like 95%, you know, black African-American, several Latino students and a few, like a handful of white students. Um, and our culture was very different. When a new student came to school, immediately we were like, oh, get my phone number. Let's hang out this weekend. You're new. Like, where are you from? We immediately welcome new kids in. So I go to the school. It's also a lot wealthier than the school I was used to going to. And so, but I'm expecting, right? Like I'm expecting students to just come and get to know me, ask me my name, like want to know what I'm about. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's all good. It's not going to be that bad. Get to my first class as biology, the teacher who ended up becoming one of my favorite teachers, but she butchered my name. Um, my name is- What'd she say? What'd she say? Well, Sarah was fine, right? I go by Sarah Sara, but- the last name is Del Castillo. And I know, I get it. It's a little hard. Uh, I don't know if there were that many Latinos in Ocean Springs at the time. And I don't even remember how she said it. I just remember being like, well, shit, here we go. <laughs> um, and then no one, I distinctly remember this, no one spoke to me. Silence. And then I was like, it's all good. People are going to talk to me after class. It's cool. 
nah, fam, no one spoke to me. Then I was like, whatever. I'll, people will talk to me at lunch. Like, I'm clearly not from here. It's a small town. People know I'm not from here. Like, people are going to come talk to me. No one spoke to me at lunch. I sat by myself. I was like, this sucks. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to eat by myself, I'm going to eat by myself, like, in, like, hidden corners of this school. So I legit ate by myself in the cafeteria bathroom, or excuse me, the ninth grade hall bathroom for the first week of being at this school. I literally ate, it was like Mean Girls. Like I just, I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like Katie Heron. <laughs> and I just literally ate in the bathroom by myself. Um, and by the end of like the first week, I was like, this sucks. Like, hell no, this is not how I'm going to live my life. And so I just said, you know what? These students don't know who the hell I am. I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to go talk to random strangers. And that was my risk. I mean, my niece, like I literally went up to random people and I just said, hey, my name's Sarah. Nice to meet you. Like, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> what do kids do here for fun? Like, I just moved here. Like, what are y'all about? And I was like, you know what? I can't wait for other people to come to me. Clearly, they're not going to. That's not going to change. What do I have in control? Myself. That's all I have right now. I don't have any friends here. I don't know anybody here, but I have me. Let me go do my thing. And I'll be honest, like not to toot my own horn, but by my senior year, I was voted Miss Ocean Springs High School. I was class president. I had so many friends I still keep in touch with and love so dearly. And that was one of the greatest risks I ever took was just getting over my fear of people. Yeah, literally saying hello was the risk that I took. Um and I will always remember that, you know, um, and I and I keep that with me because it just is a reminder that it's the little things over time that really matter. You know, I didn't do anything extraordinary. I said hello to a stranger, right? Um, and magic happened, right? And it led from one thing to another, to another, to another. And the other thing I'll say about risk taking is I think it happens over time, right? It can be a big thing, right? Like you can go jump out of an airplane and skydive. You can break up with your boyfriend tomorrow. Like, yeah, hell yeah. You can also, you know, say hello to a stranger, a different a new person every single day for a thousand days and see where that gets you. You know what I mean? For like three years and, and things change and, and magical things happen and unravel and these snowballs start to occur. So, and then fast forward, a big risk I took was after college, I really felt like I wasn't living my life fully. I felt like there are a lot of pieces of my life um, and I was choosing things out of fear and not really choosing, um, I didn't really know who I was. I wasn't waking up every morning and thinking about how do I love myself? I was surviving real talk. Um, and I took this huge risk to, uh, apply for a scholarship called the Fulbright program or a fellowship. And I picked up my whole life and I moved to Spain and I decided I'd been studying for the LSAT for a year. I took it. I decided I didn't want to go to law school. I'd applied to like 10 different law schools. And I just decided, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to be a lawyer. Um, I was in a seven-year relationship with a really beautiful human being. Um, but we decided like that was not the path for us, you know, I, and I was a big part of that. And I decided that was not the partnership I was going to be in. I decided to come out as bisexual. Um, I decided to be really open and honest about what I wanted at that time and unfortunately it led to a breakup. But, you know, I'm so happy that I took the risk of taking my life and really saying, who am I? 
what do I want? What the hell am, am I doing day by day by day? And so, yeah, I mean, I'm really grateful that all of those decisions have led me to being able to have this conversation with you. <laughs> and and honestly, like you as my friend, like I wouldn't even be in Nashville had I not taken a bunch of risks, you know? We wouldn't know each other. So it's just cool to see how life unravels and it's hard. There's like so much, like I didn't even go over all the like the shit that goes on, right? Like all of the, like I literally went home and had like lived with my mom for a few months when I got back from Spain because my breakup meant that my whole life was uprooted and I didn't have a place to live and right. And I got back, I didn't have a job, you know? So there's a lot of bumps along the road, but yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm grateful for all the lessons I learned in, in taking these risks, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think moving to Nashville for you was a risk. 100%. 100%. I mean, you landed a great, you know, a, a great opportunity to come. Uh, but I mean, I think that's a risk too, right? I mean, I think like, now as adults, um, similarly, you know, I landed back in Tennessee with mo- throughout most of my life being like, oh, Tennessee, uh, to actually now being in Nashville for three years and it's going well. I don't know if it's my forever state, but it's definitely the state that raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, and feeling like, yeah, like I, I came back here because I came back from being abroad and I didn't, I didn't really have an option in a lot of ways. Right. Um, but all that to say is like, I've thought about like, where am I going to move next? And sometimes it makes me feel so anxious because as an adult, when we make those moves, it, it is risky or riskier, right? Because it's harder to make friends as an adult. It's not like we're in grade school or in high school or in college where, you know, like it's just a different, um, it's just different. So I think you even just moving here uh, a little over a year ago was, was a risk and a, a, you know, a risk you were willing to make. Um, so yeah, and I'm really glad you did. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> I know I've made so many good friends here and just feel like I have a family here. Uh, and I've only been here a little bit over a year. So I think when you make decisions that are really aligned, you, if you can figure out what alignment means for you, um, yeah, magic happens and it's really beautiful. And I just think trusting that is, has for me been a key to, one, making things less scary if I trust that they're in alignment with with who I am. And that's connected to that self-love, right? That self-trust, um, knowing oneself. And and yeah, some of the greatest adventures. And I don't think and, – and I know I have like this light inside me that I just feel like it just – it just I don't even know how to describe it. It just feels like a light that just shines really, really bright. Even when the shit feels hard, I just I'm just surrounded by such great people um and such wonderful experiences that get me through it, you know, which makes it feel like taking the risk, even when you welcome in all of the scary parts, is still so worth it, you know? Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um but we also know that, you know, and I, I think in, in my episode and episode two, I, I talked a big, um, talked a lot about failure and learning in our failures. Right. And I think we even landed on the term of like failing forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because sometimes those failures are really just leading you to what is meant for you on your path and journey that is more aligned to what you're needing and actually searching for. Um, so, you know, you shared some risks with us, but 
do you have like a story or an example you're willing to share with with me and the listeners about a time where you failed forward and what you learned and what you did? Yeah, thank thank you for that question. Uh, I feel like I fail all the time, <laughs> and yeah, well, but you know, I feel like I have a way different relationship with failure than I used to. I actually really love failing because. And it depends on how you define it, but for all intents and purposes of expecting something and a different thing happening, right? Um, I would say one of the recent memories of failing forward, it's not really – it's hard to do a story. I – when I moved back with my mom, not that I did not – I don't love my mom and actually we had so much fun, but when I moved back home – and I decided not to go to law school. Um, and I'm going to be real. Like, I didn't want to go to law school, but I also didn't get into very many schools. And I got zero scholarship money. So you could consider that a failure, right? Like, didn't have a hot LSAT score. Um, did not get into my dream school. Got into some mediocre schools or what I considered mediocre and got zero scholarship, right? So the decision to not go was definitely because I knew it wasn't the right fit. Um, but yeah, in many ways, I kind of felt like a failure. I was like, what the hell am I going to do with my life then? I'm not going to be a lawyer, you know, wanted to be an immigration lawyer. Um, and what was so cool about that experience was the more I started digging into what immigration lawyers did. And I had interviewed several immigration lawyers and I just was not I didn't get excited about their day-to-day, though like huge shout out to immigration lawyers. They're changing the world. They're amazing. They're doing great work. I realized that the world had been telling me that this is what success looked like for someone like me, someone who cared about social justice, someone who cared about immigration, someone who was quote unquote considered smart by the world. Um, and, And for most of my life was a really, I was good at achieving, right? Like, um, you know, made really good grades. And so it was like, that was the option that was given to me, be an immigration lawyer, right? My family encouraged it for a really long time. My boyfriend's family at the time had encouraged it. It was like the whole world was telling me that. But every time I would have these conversations with people in law school, I was like, I don't want to be reading through cases all day long. Like, I don't like legal language. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to fill out these forms. Like, there are a lot of pieces of this job, A, I'm not good at. I'm not, like, these are not my gifts and talents. Um, I could probably make myself fit into it. I'm really good at at working super hard to figure things out. But I'm not going to enjoy that. I'm not. It didn't feel my spirit. Um, On top of that, financially, I was just like, Immigration lawyers, like, in the kind of debt that I was being encouraged to take on, I was like, nah, that's like, that doesn't fit my narrative. It doesn't fit my place in life. And so what felt like a failure really to me started being like, no, you've gone down this path for everyone but yourself. And now you have this opportunity to strip yourself naked. You are living at home with your mom. You don't have a job. I eventually got a job that, you know, was a great job, but it wasn't like my passion, right? And I was like, you may feel like a failure, but use this time that you now have to really get right with yourself. And I don't think, Vinmar, it's like for years, I had just been surviving. I was teaching in New Orleans public schools. I was working probably 90 hours a week, um, you know, 
my relationship was healthy in many ways, but unhealthy in ways too. So I just didn't even have time for myself to process things. And now that life had kind of paused for me, I just like looked around at the universe and I was grateful. I remember listening to this Miguel song. It was um, called Waves. It's the uh, Tame Impala remix, if you haven't heard it. And I remember driving through the streets of Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is where my mom had been living at the time. And something just came over me and I blasted the music, put down the windows, and I just started crying and screaming and laughing. And I was like, I looked like a crazy person. I was just hysterical. Because in that moment, I think I just thought, I I have stripped myself down and I have this really beautiful chance to build myself back up. And I just was just overcome with gratitude in that moment, you know? And so I think failure is just another opportunity to learn about ourselves. It's another opportunity to to try and get on a path that is ours and and not anybody else's, you know? Doesn't mean we can't cross paths with people and help people and listen to people and accept wisdom from people, but I think a lot, at least I can only speak on my behalf. In many ways, I was not on my path. I was on a bunch of other people's paths, right? And it just wasn't for me. So it was scary to get off and and get on a different road and cuz right I have to construct it and in many ways um there's not a formula for people like me who don't have like all this money to just kind of, you know, live off our parents or you know, take a year off to explore like no, I got to still make money and I got to figure it out and but I'm doing it and I'm doing it my way and I'm trying to find other people who've done it like this before and surround my people around myself with people who are have similar values to me, but it feels really good. And I just feel grateful that I didn't just take the first option that was given to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. We appreciate it. Um, I guess it's sort of like on, it's like moving in the same direction, this question that I have for you, but thinking about, you know, how great you are truly, like if you listen to this and actually don't personally know Sada, like, (laughs) She lights up every single room that she walks into. And even if you don't want to like her, you will end up liking her. <laughs> Let me just tell you. So, <laughs> like, yeah, she is just, she is a gift uh, to the world um, and to anyone that I feel like she crosses crosses paths with. Um, and I mean that, truly. Um, you're such a light and uh, just good energy and spirit to like be around. And it's so infectious. Thank um, you so much. I, I received that with so much love. Thank you. Yeah, good. I'm so glad you didn't deflect. I'm working on it still. So. It's um, hard. We don't have – it's like we don't – we weren't given words to not deflect. We're like, oh, my God, no. Like, I'm not. It's like I've just – I learned from just li- actually listening to a podcast with this person I really love listening to. She was like, I really received that with so much love. Thank you. And I was like, damn, now that I have words. <laughs> I was like, now that I know what to say and I'll feel like uh, – uh, uh, right? Like, we just fill in the only thing we've ever been taught to say. But I'm like uh, – uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I can see our faces right now. Um, so yeah, like we know, like Mississippi is your home. We know that you associate so much of like who you are and how you are with places, community, the people that you're surrounded with. You know, no matter where in time in your journey, um, and sort of on the same vein of like failing forward. Right now, maybe it's not the failing part, but 
it's like, what's next for you, Sada? Like, what, what are you brewing up right now in your life? Um, whether it's quote unquote successful, however we choose to define that, or whether it ends up being a failure forward, like mm-hmm. whatever, like those two things aside, like, what are you brewing right now for yourself? Like, what is that next dream that you're working towards? And also understanding that you can be protective and private, uh, with some of those sort of ambitions and dreams, uh, but whatever you just feel comfortable sharing, like what's been like sitting with you that you've just been hungry to dream for and create. Yeah. Oh, I love, oh, I'm such a dreamer. I'm a Pisces. If you're into astrology and I love dreaming, <laughs> right? Um, I'm a Pisces cancer, cancer. Like I'm just a big emotional ball of energy over here. And uh, I just love dreaming. So when I dream, and I'm very lucky that I have, I say lucky, some people probably would say I'm unlucky, but I, I have vivid, actual vivid visions and dreams all the time. Um, I can't remember the last time I didn't remember my dream. And um, I think that's a way that my spirit communicates with me, which is really cool. Um, and my what I think right now my dream is, the vision that I have is a room full of women and there's so much light surrounding us and we are talking to each other and connecting with each other and sharing stories with each other and it's happening on a consistent basis. So a step in that direction right now actually is this podcast. It's the She Love podcast, which for me feels like building consistency of storytelling, building consistency of connecting with women, building relationships with people. I Right now, all of my guests have been people who I already have really beautiful relationships with, which is wonderful. But eventually, I would love for this community to also be a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, right? And we, and, and we all start connecting with each other really organically. Um, and I'm particularly passionate about starting online, which is so interesting, COVID-19 creating such a need for virtual communities because as much as I love in real life community and, and want to pursue workshops and events and literal community in Nashville where we meet up so often and it's around different topics that really feed our souls and propel us forward in our careers and in our emotional and mental health, right? I also am really interested because I'm from Mississippi um, and because I know what it feels like to be isolated, I'm interested especially in reaching out to women remotely right, and virtually who might be feeling like they're the only person in teeny tiny backwoods, whatever, insert name, town, where they just feel that they don't have that community. And so um, I view it happening in many different ways. Uh, Right now I'm doing some customer discovery. So if you're interested in participating, please reach out to me on Instagram at Sara Villafuerte. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and, And just hearing like what is it that women especially ages like 20 to 35 or 40, what are we wanting out of life? What are we struggling with? And then how can we help each other, right? Like there's this incredible network of smart, beautiful, talented, powerful women. But I think so many of us, myself included, doubt ourselves and don't really know always how to move forward. I, One of my sister's friends who is so beautiful, so smart. She literally goes to Harvard. Um, and she was telling me she's really worried that she's not going to get a job when she graduates. I was like, girl, if you go to Harvard, like what? But that's so real. You know, self-doubt is so pervasive. And I honestly believe that 
capitalism really feeds off of us feeling that we're inadequate or we're not right or we don't fit in this thing. So we should go buy something to make ourselves feel better. That's literally what I think we've been taught to believe and and how to function. And I want to deprogram all of that. So what's next for me is the She Love community. It is tools online. It's journals. It's um, classes. It's workshops. It's Zoom calls and webinars. Um, and, and it's just this organic growing of this community that I think I can help start, but I eventually want people to be contributing and a part of and feel ownership over. Um, so I'm just really excited about it. And I view myself traveling. I view myself going to really beautiful places, um, both within the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Um, I view myself being really financially stable um, and being able to to help build wealth for my family and my community. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see um, where this journey takes you and where this community, whether it's virtual or in person or a mixture of both, which I feel like is the sounds of it, um, which I think is really fitting because how can we share, you know, sort of this like wealth of knowledge and community that we're all coming together and sharing our stories and our practices and how can other people join, whether they're in close proximity or not, right, but be a part of it. So I love that. Um, and I guess you answered a bit about like why she loved, but if, do you feel like there's something else or like, yeah, or I don't know, like if, if you want to go in more detail of just like, what was like your calling earlier this year when this all started to just be like, I'm going to pull the bandaid on this, like one day, should I, I could, um, and do it because I think I'll be so honest. Like I'm also such a dreamer y'all. Like I'm always dreaming about like how successful or great something can be. Um, and I execute, sure. But then sometimes I feel like I maybe don't execute to the fullest ability because I live in this dream phase. And what I feel like I've really admired um, about you and this process of creating the podcast was that it was an idea, but I saw it come to fruition and it's continuing to do that. Um, and I think sometimes ideas just live on paper in our heads and we don't always follow through. So just like, why did you really decide to like, I'm going to put the wheels on this and I'm just going to start driving because that's what I feel like kind of happened. Like mm -hmm. put the wheels on and now you're, you're, you're moving, you're yeah. doing it. Thank you. Well, I have several thoughts on that. Um, one, I want to say my opinion of you as a dreamer, I think part of the execution is realizing that you are an executor. So one thing I want to say about you is you dreamt of going to, to graduate school and you ended up getting into Vanderbilt University for your master's, one of the best universities in this country. You got a scholarship and several weeks after being admitted, you were asked to interview America Ferreira, America Ferreira. And um, wow, like I think it's so easy for us when we have so many dreams to think that we're not actually executing because we have so many dreams, right? It's like I have a hundred dreams. I executed on one. That doesn't feel like a lot. But when you're constantly dreaming and you you just have a lot of them. Like, I don't feel like we can let that take away from the fact that like, we are executing. You have executed. You followed through with grad school, right? Like you didn't get in the first time. You kept going. You tried for it. You got it, right? And now you're there. I would also say like you dreamed of Generation Lead, which is an amazing 
Um, for those of you who don't know, fellowship for first generation college students, that was a dream of yours and one of your colleagues, and you made that happen with her, right? Um, I see dreams all around you and I see action all around you. I just think that sometimes, yeah, you do have more dreams than is possible to actually actualize, right? It's impossible to make a hundred dreams come true in one day, right? That's not possible. But anyway, I, I say that because to me, that's how I feel like I need to reframe right now. Um, I really appreciate you saying that that you feel like I've been doing, um, like I've been actualizing my dreams because I oftentimes feel like you. I feel like, oh my God, I had all these ideas and all these dreams and I didn't execute. And then I feel like a failure. But then I have to look at my life and be like, nah, girl, like look at all the things, look at the evidence, look at your life. Not only are you a dreamer, but you are action oriented. You make things happen. Um, because reminding myself of that reminds me of the tools that I have at my disposal, which then allows me to do things like She Love, which I'm going to be real. She Love was a, an idea for like almost two years before I had the courage. And I don't even want to say the courage before I let myself not judge myself to the point where I feel like it had to be perfect. So the first episode of She Love, I kept being like, oh my God, I don't have the right equipment. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to take a podcasting class. I came up with every single reason possible to think of why I wasn't good enough and why this podcast wasn't going to be good enough. But then I listened to this one podcast and it was like, you need to get started and people are going to love watching your journey of getting better and people are going to love watching you learn and people are going to be inspired by you and people are going to learn along with you. And I just thought to myself, well, damn, I have to do this, right? Um, the first episode is going to be scrappy and the audio is going to sound like shit. And there are going to be people who listen to it and say, nah, this isn't for me, but that's okay. There are going to be people who listen to it and are like, this is bomb. And I will have started and I will have learned what I didn't like about it. And the next episode, guess what? It's going to be better, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to interject because I thought the first episode was great. So thank you. And honestly, like Sharla was great. Like my guest was my amazing. The was fire. Like I literally, I remember like I put it on because it was like on like, okay, I knew you had released it. I really wanted to support you. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a listen. And I remember like I was getting in the shower and it was going to be a longer shower to wash my hair. And I put it on my speaker and I listened to it all the way through of just, and I felt so inspired by just her honesty and like her willingness to be vulnerable with you and then share that with us. Um, and sure, if we want to sit and compare the sound, yeah, da, da, da. but you're so right because yeah, I, I know I'm going to enjoy and I have already enjoyed watching your journey as this progresses, but it was so good from the start. So. Thank you so much. And yeah, I think paralyzing perfectionism is a very real thing that I want to dig more into when we talk about this idea of vision and I would love to write an ebook or something about, Paralyzing perfectionism is so real. Like when you think something's not going to be good enough, it's so easy to never start it. It doesn't mean you're not high achiever. It doesn't mean you don't have incredible ideas. But for me, it meant that I was really judging myself and that was exhausting. And so I just, it became a source of anxiety instead of a source of joy. And when I flipped the script and was like, you know what? I don't care if no one listens to this podcast. I just had a beautiful conversation with someone that I truly love and I learned from this conversation and they learned from this conversation and that's enough, right? Like I enjoyed the process and when, so when I flipped it and found the joy in it and, all, and also found that this was for me and for the other person on the show, then it became different, right? Um, and so back to your question about like how – your question was about how, how, do you, how do I like get moving and get going, right? Was that, can you repeat it one more time? 
Uh, <laughs> what did I say? I mean, I think it was like a combination of that tied with like just she love. Yeah. I really do feel like you've put the wheels on it and you are moving forward. And I feel like you kind of describing like you don't necessarily know where you'll land, but you're you're maneuvering it, right? So. Yeah. Just like the big why, I guess, behind all that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for bringing me back because, you know, I get off on tangents. Again, I'm a Pisces, so <laughs> um, I also have severe ADHD, but it's all good. We're rolling. Um, so, yeah, why she loves. So when I got back um, – I didn't even listen to podcasts, to be honest, for most of my life until I got back from Spain. And again, I was feeling, um, I was in Vicksburg, Mississippi. I didn't know anyone living at home with my mom. She's a pastor, right? Like, not just like, I love that she's a pastor, but it's not like I'm like having house parties and stuff, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not turning up in my mom's parsonage. So um, (laughs) for those of you who don't know, parsonage is the pastor's house. Um, And so I... I did feel a little bit isolated. Like my mom and I had incredible time together and we're such good friends and she's an amazing, amazing force in my life. But I didn't have physical like girlfriends in town or, or you know, just friends in general. I don't want to just gender it like friends, right? And, um, and so I started listening to this podcast called She Makes Magic. And I was also at that point in life, right, where I was rediscovering who I was, what I wanted to do. And in this podcast, it was all about women who were taking risks and doing these off-the-wall careers and traveling. And a lot of them were not millionaires. They weren't making all this money, but they were doing what made them so happy. And it led them to these really incredible businesses or ideas. Um, like one of them was a hula hoop therapist nurse like she was a nurse and she did hula hoop therapy like what the hell you know what I mean like I was just like I didn't know you could do this and she was like yeah it didn't exist and I created it because I love hula hooping and I combined my passion with what I was good at right so I just saw these women like breaking the rules and creating um creating their own rule book their own life their own journey and I didn't realize I was allowed to do that until I heard the stories of other women doing that. And th- none of those women even know who the hell I am. They don't know I exist. They're, it was like a podcast out of Australia. But to me, their stories were so important. They were so important to me. And and I carry their stories with me. And so I want She Love. Um, well, sadly, She Makes Magic stopped producing episodes, right? They went on to do different things, um, the founders of the podcast. And so in many ways, I was like, I want to do the same thing. Like, this is something that gave me so much joy and stories are powerful. Women are so powerful. And so I wanted this for me, first and foremost, like not to be selfish, but this was an outlet for me. And then I just realized how many incredible women I had in my life whose stories were so powerful. And I was like, we we don't just have like Oprah Winfrey to learn from, though I love her. And she has a great podcast too, shout out. Like those aren't just the only women we get to learn from. The only women we learn from aren't just our moms. Like it's not just um, celebrities. It's it's our friends. It's our friends' friends. It's their stories. It's the normal day-to-day of women and the struggles we go through and the moments where we're vulnerable and the love that we feel, the love we don't feel, the doubts that we have. Those to me holds so much magic and so much power. And it normalizes our experiences. Yeah, when we are feeling like shit, when we feel like we doubt ourselves, when we have these really daunting questions, and when you can connect with someone else that's feeling similarly, or they've been through it, 
and they can share some wisdom with you or they can just be there to listen to you. It's so healing. And so this platform is for me. It's for guests who come on the show and can just pour out whatever they need to pour out. And then it's for listeners to connect with all of those magical moments that are a part of our lives. And it's just like I was saying with risk-taking, like a story doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing. It can just be something small, but it resonates with people. And I've loved watching guests on She Love and friends of mine who listen to it tell me like, oh my God, Vilmari's story really inspired me. They don't know who you are, but they heard your story and something spoke to them. And I think that's really beautiful. And actually some of my friends have been able to connect with each other. Like I love that you messaged one of my really good friends, um, Amanda Garcia, and just told her how much you inspired. And you did that unprompted, just on your own. You reached out to her on IG. Like to me, that is what she love is. It's just connection. And, and it's the power of story and it's the power of journey and being really honest about all of those pieces of life that are just crazy, you know? I love that. And thank you for sharing that too. I received that Yay. compliment and I should not reflect. Um, or yes. I mean, I guess it's factual too, right? People have done that, but thanks for just sharing that. Um, so I just think that this is just the beginning for you and you sharing your story, your journey, your tools and tricks to love yourself, to show up fully as yourself um, and to take those risks. And I think that the listeners of the She Love podcast are going to keep coming back and they're going to keep listening to the guests that you bring on, but they're also going to want to learn and know more about you, Sada. So I think this is sort of like a twofold journey. Like I know that people want to know more about you. We just, we scraped to the surface. There's so much to dig into. And I know that you will bring on some more incredible women, friends, people in your community onto this podcast. And one day, if you're still on this journey, and I know you will be, um, you'll bring people that you don't know to share their story. So I look forward to listening, to tuning in and to hopefully collaborating again with you. Yay. I would love to come back on. So you already know, you just let me know. Um, but thank you so much for allowing me, uh, to interview you. Uh, cause I think it was time. It was time for people to hear your story. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so healing and I just feel, I just feel like so much, light and energy and feel like I the rest of the week and weekend just have so much energy to feed off of with other creative projects I want to do and this has been healing so thank you so much for asking me such thoughtful questions and um yeah and just and caring about about my story um I really appreciate it and can't wait to share more she love with with you with myself with the world and um I'm looking forward to the next episode where we'll dive into some self-care and self-love during COVID and also we'll have a guest um another interview with one of my really good friends um Fung Vu about her story so thank you so much Vin Maris and I'm sending you a virtual hug through Zoom all the virtual hugs y'all stay well take care stay home or keep that six foot distance okay bye bye